Hong's so-called preventive lightest, Eric, don't forget to Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. My name is Eric. I'm here today, of course, again with Karen. Thank you, Karen. We'll, we'll get the central <laughs> down eventually and won't seem so disjointed. So yeah, I've got the microphone as close to Karen as I can possibly get. She absolutely refuses to sit close to the microphone. It's not comfortable. I don't need to sit close to the microphone. <laughs> it helps with the audio production value at the end. Okay. Anyways. You spend two hours editing the audio and see how you feel about it. Anyway, a couple weeks ago we talked about being able to tell... Well, maybe it was last week we talked about being able to tell better stories. And this is something that just kind of happened and didn't make it into the um, pre-production meeting. But we have this commonly reoccurring thing with our kids. Not commonly, I guess. It's not a good way to... I'm already blowing this story. (laughs) Why don't you tell it, Karen? With our first child, we had about a week of... You're talking about the poop smearing, right? Oh, yes. Um, just give away the <laughs> just give away the story at the, at the beginning there. I like that. <laughs> well, you didn't uh, tell me what we were talking about, so I had about a week of it before we. I, I dropped uh, it off hints. Wasn't part of the pre-production. Of, got meeting. rid of just that happened. behavior. <laughs> but our third child, it skipped our second child. It's just a goal. We'll so. skip skip our last, our fourth child. But our third child on the island had an issue with it and we have only had one issue of of it since we came back to the states and i was thinking we were done with this issue uh since we've been back since january so it's like what eight months yeah so let me set the scene me and karen we put the kids to bed we're sitting on the couch eating our dinner enjoying ourselves and karen uh, apparently smells poop or a fart is as she said so of course she goes to the usual suspects <laughs> and accuses me of farting next to her which is apparently a big deal it's rude <laughs> it's rude go into a different room we've had this conversation before so anyway of course i deny it because I, i'm a, i'm a decent human being and i would never and then <clears throat> maybe i don't know a minute later i start smelling it <laughs> And that's never a good sign. Like, well, the kid's been put to bed for, I don't know, an hour already at this point, And we were starting to smell poop. And so naturally, it's like, well, maybe it's coming from the bedroom. And sure enough, as you got closer and closer to the bedroom, the smell got more and more powerful. Yeah. Uh, this time it wasn't on the walls. No, it made it all... He went to his brother's bed. Yeah. Not his. His bed the, was immaculate. His brother's bed where we... As geniuses, we took off the sheet because they were diving under the sheet and hiding under there, and we didn't want them to do that anymore, so we took away the sheet. So, joke's on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I took off the sheet because our youngest would be asleep on his bed, 
And the older two, so there's three boys in one room. We have bunk beds. And the older two would dive under his sheet while he was asleep on the bed. And then we come up and it was just miserable. So we hadn't had an issue of poop being smeared all over the place in a while. So I thought we were safe. So Karen got the fun job of plucking the kid up and putting him in the bathtub and trying to clean him off because he's just filthy. Covered. In in Covered. all sense of the word. Um, <laughs> Head to toe. And I'm trying to keep the littlest one away from it because he just doesn't I doesn't understand that it's just well, it's disgusting. His bed. It's his bed and he wanted his blankets and he wanted to go to bed and all Covered of it is dirty. All of his thankfully bed. thankfully we have these little nugget kids couches and it's basically the same size as a twin size mattress well it's not a twin size it's a kid size mattress yeah whatever it's basically the same size it yeah the ones i bought for the kids are twins they look small they are twin size mattresses okay we'll measure them later i bought them <laughs> amazon knows <laughs> <laughs> anyways <clears throat> i will say that I, what i'm most proud of if I had to take a silver lining to this, is that our oldest son, he is very much like me. So <laughs> slept through the whole thing. The light on, uh, we turned the, the shop back going. I brought the shop back in because like I don't want to pick up poop with our nice nicer vacuum cleaner. Yeah, with the lights on. Yeah, everything was going and he's passed out. He didn't even bother to wake up. Which is kind of unfortunate at the same time because the last time this happened, he was really good about like banging on the door and just yelling poop or smells. What's that smell? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a good clue that something bad is about ready to happen, so we just rush in there. But this time he was passed out. So, again, he's very much like me. I can sleep just about anywhere and through just about anything. It is a blessing. I know from Karen's side of perspective, it's not as much. It's not a blessing? When you have a newborn and it's husband's turn. <laughs> it's your turn. You know how to hit me and wake me up. <laughs> I do. I am not a very nice wife. I I am awake and Get I'm just up. like, mm, Your nope, turn. Your turn. <laughs> yeah. I only do that on the weekends when it's fair game. During the week, I am I am on, on all kid duty. That's not, I mean, I do some stuff. I'm not. No, not a I meant slouch. during the night. Oh, okay. You have to get your sleep because you're seeing patients and you're studying for shelf exams. On on breaks and on the weekends, those are free game. He doesn't have to. He does not have to sleep. <laughs> anyway, I, that, that's that was just something that happened this evening. This week we've started um, a kind of a reoccurring theme is me mentioning how much I need to actually get back on. Uh, bored of this health thing and actually try to make myself be a little healthier. So this week is uh, we started a competition. Uh, see because who can exercise more. Is great in a marriage, but <laughs> I want what's best for you. I want you to exercise a lot, just a little bit less than me. <laughs> I'm getting really frustrated here because I have way more steps per day than he does. Like double. I have like double the steps that you do. Well, if you sit on you about same, half the day, you would have half the same steps as you would have now. And, and I exercise the same amount of time. Whose fault is this? But he burns more <laughs> calories, so he's winning according to our Apple Watch, which well, is really maddening. Again, if you weigh 
like half a whale size, then you would burn a lot more calories than if you were a stick. Needless to say, today was rough. I was failing on all accounts. So I made caramel. Yeah, you made caramel. The house looked good when I got home. That's a lie. The house did not look good. Oh, whatever. I don't. I didn't notice. Um, <laughs> Which is one of the reasons why I love you. <laughs> uh, let's see. The kids were fed and still alive. Yes. Yes. I'm counting that as a win today because everybody backtalked. Well, not everybody. The the two that can talk backtalked. <laughs> but yeah. So everyone you know made it through alive, and even as of right now. You know, 9.30 at night, everyone is still alive. Our son, who comes out four times uh, after we put him in the bed because he has to go potty again, he's still alive. So, yeah, it's it's basically called a win. The delay tactics. It is hilarious watching Eric leave in the morning because he gets hugs, he gets kisses, he gets fist bump with the explosion, he gets thumb wars, and then you might start it all over again. If you ever watch, like, the boss... no one's going to watch the Boss Baby movie that came out years ago, unless you have kids. But there's, like, a scene where the kid's like, I need my two stories and my one song and, and my glass of milk or whatever. Like, it's a long list. It is legit. Like, these kids, <laughs> like, you know, like Karen was saying, like, I have to give him the fist bump. And I have to do high fives, both hands high fives, not just one. Oh, I forgot the high five. And then a hug, a kiss, and then we have to do a thumb war. And now I've had a, a strong losing streak on thumb war, even though naturally my thumb is probably a little bit bigger than his. But <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's debatable. I, metrics, numbers, you know, those aren't truly objective. Uh, no, he... He gets really put out if he loses and wants to play again. So it kind of works against me to win. <laughs> so I lose on purpose. And then, oh, you win. Good job. And then I get I get to go to work. Um, so really, who wins? Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's more or less been our week. Uh, the exercise thing's been good. I've been enjoying, enjoying, air quotes, getting up at 5.30 and doing my quick little workouts it keeps us honest the competition keeps us honest yeah yeah then comparing eric always feels good in the morning because i'm just like nah yeah i'll stay in bed she likes to sleep she sleeps forever i mean says the man who doesn't get up in the middle of the night (laughs) yeah i mean if i had to wake up like four times at night then maybe i would like sleep more too but you know Again, whose fault is this? <laughs> Learn to sleep through everything. I'm going to make it harder for you tomorrow. I'm going to beat you tomorrow. No, you won't. I will. I will. I have specifically not done a workout and just count done the the running with the kids. Mm. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm going to bump it up to 20 minutes, you know? Sure. <laughs> Anywho, let's see. We're working on getting the car fixed because our brand new car apparently can't have AC in Georgia. Not a fun thing. Yeah, not we got the AC fixed. Supposedly already it was once. a leaking line. And then I were wondering if they did a patch until our warranty expired. Well, I don't know. Then. I don't want to accuse them of anything, but it just seems so... It's very convenient very that it convenient. lasted for just after the warranty and then it died. It's 1,000 miles beyond the, the warranty limit and then suddenly... 
Oh, well. We're, we're uh, trying to get a hold of the dealership to talk to them about it, to see what they would want to do. And, of course, they, they told me, I'll give your number to the person, and they'll t- give you a call. And it's been two days. So uh, I'm going to call tomorrow, I guess. It's not, not the first time this has happened. So No, but um, we were, we, I, I would like air conditioning in the, the family, the, yeah, mo- and, the mom car. Yeah. So if all else fails, if the dealership can't fix it, I... I know what my project is going to be next week when I have a week off. At least uh, the timing's right, right? Yeah, it's perfect timing, really. You couldn't ask for better. As for medical school, this week Eric brought in goodies to uh, say thank Karen you to the office. Karen did Although delicious he just, food. He, just, he didn't say that it was a thank you, which was... <sighs> I think they know. I think they can assume. <laughs> and I, I still have to see him for two more days, so if I really blow it, like I, I want to have... Something else to, to, I don't know. No, it was good to bring in something. It's again, it's nice before your rotation ends to give them a thank you note or give, you know, do something to express your gratitude because again, this guy is this um, this whole office really is taking the time to teach us and do things with us that we would otherwise not be able to do. And it's again really special as medical students, third years to be able to see a lot of things and have a lot more hands-on experience and really have this giant safety net where we get to try to work with patients and we get to kind of role play being doctors. And to some extent we are doctors. Um, I've, you know, I've written prescriptions. I just can't sign them. So we're we're doing a lot of things and it's it's such a great opportunity and experience. And so it's nice to, at the end of the time with your doctor, just express your gratitude so that they know that, you appreciate everything that they've done for them, and hopefully, again, you haven't blown it. And people behind you, and the next student that comes in for that rotation, also is going to have a great experience and gets to see that doctor. And because you want to have a lot of preceptors for these rotations, because then it is like two or three medical students per doctor, and not just like six per doctor. Where I, you know, like today, I think today we saw ten patients. And if there was like going to be like five of us, I would have just seen like one or two of them, you know, two if I was lucky. And today I saw three. Um, and got to talk to the other two guys and figure out some what was going on with the other two patients. Uh, the other, sorry, three patients, seven patients. Thank you. Uh, again, math numbers. So I was, yeah, it's it's a really good opportunity to have all these extra preceptors so that you can have closer to closer to one-on-one ratio with the preceptor. I don't know if I would want one-on-one because that's a little intimidating. And if you don't have anything to bounce anything off of, of your, your fellow students, it's a little intimidating. It's also it can be really good, I'm sure, but I'm not ready for one-on-one just yet, but we'll see. Do you have someone with you next rotation? I don't know. Um, I haven't gotten that email yet. Huh. They send an email out saying, hey, your next rotation is this, and if it's like in person, then you get... List you can look at the email and see who's else is in that rotation. So I know I'm doing psych next, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to kind of getting through it and <laughs> trying to stay above water on it. It's I minored in psych and undergrad, so I have a, a a rudimentally good understanding of psychiatry, but it's not my favoriteest uh, specialty. I think I would probably prefer family medicine over psych. So. We'll see. I'm trying to keep an open mind and trying to, again, see and experience everything it has to offer. Uh, I know I've already seen a few patients who have psych-related issues even this last couple weeks. It wasn't, we weren't really managing that aspect of it, but... Yeah. And last 
a couple, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before you were talking about um, things that you wanted to do within the office. So did you get to do? Oh, yeah. So that was some, some fun thing. I, I, I kind of made it a personal goal last week after recording the episode to try to do one extra thing or at least do a few extra things. And so so last week we saw a few more patients before the week closed out. And so what I tried doing was if I was going to listen to someone's heart or if I listen to somebody's lungs, I would turn on my, my stethoscope has an attachment on it called the eco um, eco attachment EKO. It basically just amplifies the sound of the stethoscope, and you can also record it as well. And then you can also transmit it to your phone or your AirPods, whatever. It has a lot of different uses. It's actually a pretty cool piece of technology. Not sponsored by them or anything. I just think it's really cool. But when I would see a patient, I would, if I was going to go listen to the heart, I would pull out my phone, and then I would just explain to the patient, hey, I'm going to listen to your heart and your lungs, I'm going to turn this on so you can hear what I'm hearing, and then we'll talk about it. And so I would turn it on, and they can hear all the sounds that I get to hear. And and on one end, it's trying to keep me honest, so I'm just not putting the stethoscope down and being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I touched four points on the person's back, and I'm done. And the patient, you know, this way the patient can be like, you heard nothing. I heard absolutely nothing. <laughs> And then that way, if I, you know, if I go to listen to the heart, you actually have to like maybe wait a little bit or try to maybe reposition the stethoscope just a little bit to get that right spot where you can actually hear the heart sounds. And again, the patient can hear it as well. So it's again, kind of cool. Also, just doing more uh, exams. So I think you know, I did some palpating of the thyroid. I uh, was checking for pitting edema. I did, I did a few other extra exams, really just trying to put hands on patients not in not like i'm putting hands on them but like as a physician trying to touch your patient trying to uh, do examinations um even today our our preceptor was telling us that patients like because one of our processes is we see the patient we as um medical students go back to the doctor and report back to the doctor what we saw what we experienced and you just kind of do a complete report out and then or presentation. And then after discussing with the doctor what we, our plan is to do, we go back and grab the patient and bring the patient into the doctor's office. And the doctor will sit there and talk to the patient in his office. It's a little old school. I don't know. I've never had a doctor do that before. I mean, having worked at a clinic, I don't think I've ever seen a doctor bring a patient back into his office. But patients seem to enjoy it. The doctor seems to enjoy it. But the doctor today was saying it's really good to do that sort of thing. The patients feel like they're special. They feel like you're spending time with them. And a lot of complaints that patients have is that they will go to see a doctor and the doctor has never touched them. <laughs> just like they, they come in for a physical and the doctor doesn't do anything. And they just, you know, they get the physical paperwork filled out. And it's like, okay, well, you didn't actually do anything. You didn't touch me. And you spent less than five minutes in the room with me. And some doctors might be just really good and they don't need to do some of that stuff. I don't know. But it's, I think, good for patient care, patient satisfaction, that patients feel like you spent time with them, you listen to them, you ask them questions, and then you physically examine them. Like, you didn't think that they were too gross to touch. So it's, and I can definitely attest to, like, I had, before I started medical school, I had to get my physical exam. And 
my physical, my primary care doctor, Dr. Dancy from the Vancouver Clinic, he was thorough. <laughs> I have never had a doctor, like, check everything. And I mean, I didn't get, like, a prostate exam or anything like that, but it was, like, you know, my shirt had to come off, and, like, he listened to everything. He, you know, he, he put percussed, he palpated, he oscillated, <laughs> like... It was like head to toe, he checked everything. It was a very thorough physical. And it was probably because it was like 10, 15 years since my last physical. So that's a, that's a good example of being thorough. And I definitely felt like he paid a lot of attention to me. And if I was back in Vancouver, he would still be my primary care doctor. Anyway, that's been essentially my week. Um, we're wrapping it up this week. We have a couple more days of clinic I don't think I don't know how many patients we really have left to see. Some of them are, are repeats. Uh, some of them are brand new. It's all it's interesting. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> still, I still make mistakes, but I, I'm getting better in general. And then on Friday we take our shelf exam. So fingers crossed. Been studying, doing lots of questions, getting just rocked and owned by you world left and right. So hopefully that's going to all pay off. <laughs> again this is a, again a pretty quick week i mean we, we have some friends that moved it we talked about that kind of came into town last week they're still kind of working out the living arrangements so hopefully they they get that sorted out I, they've already eyeballed my truck as a, a possible help oh i didn't realize that oh yeah caleb asked and well they don't have any stuff yeah, once but you know, once they get stuff. You know. Oh, <laughs> once you get a couch, you need someone with a truck to bring you the couch. True. <laughs> That's okay. It's part of part of one of the things I like about having a truck is I'm able to help people. I don't want to be the the only guy that you call when you move, but I I don't mind bringing the truck to help you move. I I, I feel like it it's a vehicle that has a purpose and it should serve that purpose. It shouldn't just be a pretty little thing that never sees work. Well, it's not little. Well, it's not as big as it could be. I could get a 350. You were vastly opposed to a 350. I was. I'm not even (laughs) sure why. Why did you keep sending me? The gas mileage is basically the same. (laughs) It is the same. (laughs) I'm sitting there looking for deals on trucks and sending him things. This is an F250. I'm like, what what does it matter? Giant. It's a giant truck. It makes you feel powerful. <laughs> no, I'm really here. You just fit in. Like you don't really feel powerful. You just fit in. Everyone else is driving trucks. There's, there's a few cars out there, but everyone's driving trucks. It is true. Most most homes you drive by, there's a truck parked in their driveway. It's the South. You big trucks. Everyone's got a gun, and it's hot, and there's bugs. I could do without the bugs. We have some really cool blue-tailed lizards that the kids have been chasing around. In our backyard. One came in the house today. Did it really? Mm-hmm. Nice. If there's anything that's going to live in our house, a lizard is the least of my worries. Yeah. They eat the bugs. Hopefully. Well, we had them in the house on the island. Anything else you want to talk about before? Because this is our <laughs> mid-production I thought, I thought meeting. Had, I thought you had had topics. <laughs> I went through them. <laughs> well, last week you kind of talked about, are you a pill pusher or a lifestyle changer? I think that really kind of did help us finally pull the plug on, okay, we really need to stop doing what we're doing and, and trying to exercise and work out. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I kind of played you a little bit. I knew that you would work out if I made it a competition. How <laughs> dare you? I am offended. 
No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) That that conversation also, um, one of the beauties of us doing this is that I I get to kind of work out some of those thoughts sometimes in real time when I'm doing the production. And that helped me kind of work it out in clinic even this week of how to talk to patients and to really make a concerted effort when I'm talking to patients to talk about lifestyle changes and what specifically they can be doing to change and like why they would want to. Like I think uh, I recently had a conversation with somebody about their pre-diabetic labs and being like, hey, you don't you don't want this to get to diabetes because if you get to diabetes, you're on much more medication. It's probably going to be long-term. You're going to have all these extra things. You just don't want to have that. Like, who wants to have that? So right now, the changes we can make now are going to make a huge difference later. And I don't, I, again, this is a practice thing. Like, I'm, I'm, a, brain, I'm a baby doctor. Uh, I... I don't I don't think I'm changing lives today. I think I'm I'm hopefully just not killing people. So I'm I'm slowly working through how to have these conversations. But at least that conversation we had last week got me thinking about how I need to incorporate those conversations into how I treat patients and how I talk to patients. So hopefully I get better at it and continue to use that as a way to try to motivate my patients to be healthy because again I don't want to write prescriptions for a whole bunch of drugs. I want to try to convince patients to do what's healthy for them. Right. And I think insurance companies are getting smarter as well, recognizing that it's hard to change habits. Because like in my last job, our our insurance, my our company got a break if a certain percentage of the company... Employees. And, yeah, employees... And enrolled in this rewards program. So you could log your sleep, you could log your food, and you could log your exercise. And it was really funny because we were all encouraged to download the app. And so most people download the app. Most people did not do anything on the app until... Uh, like a couple months in and they had their first rewards drawing and my boss won five grand <laughs> That's for motivation. recording all of her exercise and that was complete motivation. The whole like office of the cha- office changed. Everybody was taking their breaks. They were walking on their breaks with their friends. Getting their record- points. <laughs> yeah, getting their points. And it was, in- I mean, the, ex- the exercise won, you won five grand. The sleep won, I think you won... A hundred dollars on the food one, you want a hundred dollars, but the exercise one they only drew qu- quarterly, whereas the other ones they drew weekly. Yeah. So, well, it you, was we had brand new kids, so we weren't going to win the sleep one anytime. No, no, I did, I did win a hundred dollars. I did. Did you really? Yeah. Where do they go? Probably <laughs> diapers. <laughs> Probably all the potluck food you, you, oh, you sh- do. Eric gets so frustrated because so uh, your office will have a potluck, and Karen's like, "What's the most expensive thing that needs to be had for the potluck? Meat. I'll do all the meat." To be fair, <laughs> I waited like half a day before I volunteered whatever I was going to bring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't always bring meat. Generally, I, then like, like two days before, it was my job to buy the meat and help her prepare the meat to oh, put it into crock pots. Didn't do and that stuff. much. 
It was torture. It was not. Torture. It wasn't. You were just mad that you didn't get the food. I like how I got you on this tangent. I've been trying this for weeks, and finally, I finally got it. I finally nailed this one. Uh, but yes, Kara's got a good point. I don't know if you know this, but you know why they um, they have because like obviously, just having people record bad habits isn't exactly going to make their coverage of your your medical issues cheaper. You know why they they have you? They want you to exercise. Well, I mean, like you could just if you just logged, hey, I ate fifteen donuts today. Logged. That's ten points. Got it. Like that's obviously not making you healthier. So, like, do you know why they they have you do that? Because you can see your bad habits. Yep. Exactly. So it's kind of like if a patient were to come in and be like, "Hey, I've tried." You know, all sorts of different diets. I can't seem to lose any weight. This was a question I got on UWorld. But apparently apparently the correct answer is have them make a food diary. Because... Everybody lies. (laughs) That wasn't exactly my point. But I guess that's a less articulate way of saying it. That... When you have, hey, when you have house here, everybody lies. <laughs> not exactly the part of house that I would quote, but all right. Yes, See, when, when you when you when you're faced, <laughs> thank you. When you're faced with the reality of what you're doing, then you might adhere to things more. So if you're logging your food and you go, "Huh, I just ate like a donut," I, I don't know why I'm thinking of donuts. There, there must be around here somewhere. Oh, they are. They're right over there. Um, <laughs> then you might go, huh, that doesn't really fit well with my low-carb diet, uh, <laughs> low-fat diet or whatever. So I think that's fair. Oh, and I, I guess I'm um, sorry. I'm thinking about just medicine and things. I think a few, either last week or the week before, I mentioned cutoffs for dyslipidemia. And I think I said something stupid like 130 or 120. It's 190. 190 is the uh, you you above 190 on LDLs you get you get a statin. Uh, if between um, I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot on this one. Uh, I think if you're below that, I think it's like 70 to 190, and you're over 40 years old, might be 45, um, and you have like diabetes and some sort of heart risk heart disease risk then you also get a statin just a quick correction for anyone who is listening who is a medical person and being like yeah you need to spend more time studying you're right i do (laughs) um so i'll try to correct those as i remember them Uh, and then i'll try to study more so i don't make those mistakes too often anyway this is um, not a very long episode i have a little bit of editing down i'm sure it's not going to be nearly 30 minutes long but we apologize. We'll come up with more yes, uh, for next week. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the shelf exam next week. Uh, we will talk about how we wrapped up our family medicine, maybe some final thoughts on family medicine as a specialty, and then we, we probably <laughs> what we're doing for our one week off, which is a rare, rare commodity. But in either case, I hope you guys are having a great week, and we will see you later. Bye.